Chucking It From The Cheap Seats is the newest podcast covering high school basketball. Head coach Josh Thompson interviews some of the most impactful people who make Hoosier hysteria great. New episodes drop every Wednesday. Subscribe to Chucking It From The Cheap Seats wherever you listen to your podcasts. For over 32 years, D1 Basketball has offered elite basketball camps and top-tier player development programs. Team camps, individual skills camps, and shooting camps can improve performance for you. View Indiana basketball camps impact performance like D1 Basketball. Since 1989, annual enrollment in D1 Basketball has grown from 80 to 3,500 players, making it one of the largest individual basketball organizations in the Midwest. The mission of D1 Basketball is to help coaches and players maximize their performance. D1 Basketball Facts. D1 Basketball Camps are exclusively endorsed by the Indiana Basketball Coaches Association. D1 Team Camps have hosted more high school sectional championship teams, Final Four teams, and Indiana All-Stars than any other camp shootout or summer tournament. D1 Team Camps provide the best chance for a school coach to work with all their teams in its top-tier competition from South Our next guest on the Chucking It with the Cheap Seats podcast. It's one of Indiana High School basketball's most respected coaches, not only for the results that he has, but for the programs that he institutes with his squad in Batesville. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the podcast, the head coach of the Batesville Bulldogs, Coach Aaron Garrett. Okay, so today on the Checking It from the Cheap Seats podcast, we are blessed to be joined by Aaron Garrett, head basketball coach at Batesville High School. Coach, thanks for being on with us today. Hey, Josh, it's, it's a pleasure. I've, I've listened to your other broadcasts on some of my runs, and it makes the run go very, very quickly because the questions you ask, the quality of people you've had on this podcast, I'm not, I'm not sure what, what I'm doing on here, but very humble to be on here to the man the guests you've had are, are outstanding well I appreciate that compliment coach and you're somebody we've been wanting to get on for quite some time and I told the kids I said we we need to get uh, coach Garrett on here uh, before we move on to some other guests this year because not only are you one of my favorite coaches from a basketball standpoint but all the other things you do whether it's your, your workouts your motivational posts on social media uh, your business ventures. I just think you're mo- one of the most well-rounded people out there, and uh, we, we could not wait to get you on the podcast. I appreciate that, Coach Thompson. So, Coach, uh, year 15 at Batesville. Um, before we talk basketball, though, uh, because I always kick myself for this, and the podcast that my wife has ventured to listen to, she said, hey, you, you do talk about family, but you wait until the end. And she said, that's that's the most important part of this. And I want to ask you a little bit about your family before we get going to the basketball side of things, because I know you're very close knit with your family. You do a lot of awesome stuff with your kids. Tell us a little bit about your family. Sure. I married a Batesville girl, Jenny, and I grew up at County over. So I grew up in Decatur County and for whatever reason, never really came to Batesville that mm-hmm. I can remember mm-hmm. until I was substitute teaching before I found my first job. And so fast forward, I get the job at Batesville teaching eighth grade U.S. history, coaching basketball. And in my first few years, I was actually assistant coach when Jenny's youngest brother, Josh, played for Batesville. Really good player for us. Then got to meet his sister. And mm-hmm. then one thing led to another. So married Jenny. We have three kids. We've got Lincoln, Winston, and Eleanor. So that should give you a way that I teach. That I teach U.S. history and love U.S. history. And where does Winston fit in? Obviously, I think Winston Churchill saved the world. Yes. So he's, he's definitely high on my list and what Lincoln is 15 he's a freshman at Batesville High School we're currently I'm currently teaching him how to drive which is more stressful than a basketball game I've ever coached Uh, (laughs) I had I had my son in driver's (laughs) training this past summer so I I I can I can empathize with you there I need to get one of those cars with the brake on the passenger side (laughs) for sure yeah but then Winston he's a seventh grader here at the middle school where I teach Mm -hmm. Uh, he's 12 the middle Elmore is a first grader at six and a half and there's a little bit of a gap of years there, but Eleanor is is, is unbelievable, and it, it was quite different going from two boys and having just having stuff for boys. We were built for boys, and then we had a little girl come along. Uh-huh. It's been it's been priceless. Yeah, well, Coach, this last Wednesday I was talking to one of my former assistants, who's now an administrator at Vincennes, Jared Blue. Love Jared to death. Um, 
he listens to our podcast. So I guess that's a little bit of a shout out to him, but he, um, he has a daughter, Ellie, who's becoming a freshman in high school. And I said, coach, just, it's a roller coaster. You know, I've, I've got a sophomore daughter in college and I told Jared, I said, it's a roller coaster, man, these, these next few years. So just hold on. That That's the best advice that I can give you as your daughter gets older is just hold on, man. And the, the true gift of Elmore and then just life's, life's busy, right? Uh-huh. But I, since then I've, I've, when I watched them, I read a book not too long ago titled In All. Mm-hmm. And we, you've coached a lot of basketball, for example. So we, we've got to remember it, even as your career goes on, you got to remember back to those. And I can very vividly remember my very first summer practice as head, head coach. Uh-huh. You were in all. So as we get more experienced and we've been, we rack up even more and more games is to, and then you can use this for an example in life, is to always be in awe. So watching mm-hmm. Eleanor is six, I mean, that girl literally, she didn't walk, she skips to things. Mm-hmm. She's in all of everything. Yeah. So just to have her at that age, in my life at the age I am, mm-hmm. is such a blessing to give me that reminder to just, in my classroom, it's, it's what, a, what a gift it is to be able to teach these kids. I got to remain in all of that so I don't get stagnant, I don't get stale, mm-hmm. and still appreciate the, the gifts we've been given. That's That's awesome advice. Awesome advice. We have a lot of uh, a lot of aspiring coaches that reach out to me. I, I probably get get uh, emails and and text messages and messages on Twitter uh, from assistant coaches, which I think is really cool because guys like you and I, not that we can't learn things, but um, you know we're kind of set in our ways in, in in many respects. But like you said, all being in awe of different moments I think is important to, to look at, but assistant coaches are listening in and that's a great piece of advice because so many times you're wanting to get that first head coaching job so bad that you forget how special it is to be in the moment. That's, that's great advice, coach. You know, the, the, when we, when I was an assistant coach for a number of years, right, I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready. And mm-hmm. I was actually, I think I was 33 when I became head coach at Batesville. Yeah. Which looking back, I can't believe how young I was. <laughs> and looking back, and you know this, things just change, especially if you go from an assistant coach at the same place you become a head coach at. Mm-hmm. I do remember that too, because all of a sudden, I still have a great relationship with my guys, but it was definitely different. Yes. When you move over that, just that one chair down the bench, mm-hmm. it's a whole, a whole new world. And, and I'm not sure a coach could have been as ready as I was in regards to how, how much Coach Seifert prepped me and mentored me mm-hmm. and gave me responsibility. And gosh, you don't know what you don't know. Mm-hmm. I still was nowhere near ready. So to the assistant coaches, cherish that time. I think ultimately my career could end up where maybe I'm a volunteer assistant at Batesville. Yeah. Um, I'm not a paid position, but a volunteer position just to get back to the true level of, of just being able to be around kids and helping kids. Mm-hmm. So assistants out there, enjoy that time. It's a special, special time. I'm still very, very close to some of those kids who I was an assistant for because it's just a different relationship. Absolutely. You have a good relationship as a head coach, but it is just different. Mm-hmm. So don't don't wish away that time. Really, really enjoy it. Those were some of the most special years of my life. Absolutely. I, I, I heard uh, Tony Dungy talk about that one time, uh, hit on the point you just made about don't wish away that season of life, that season of your career, that season as a parent, uh, because once it's gone, it's gone. Um, another great piece of advice. You talked about Coach Seifert. Uh, what, what's Coach up to these days? Coach Seifert is, he is a dynamo. Mm-hmm. He just recently retired after last school year at Plainfield. So okay. Probably the, the sh- most shocking thing that's happened in my career is when Coach Seifert decided to go from Batesville to Plainfield as, as our middle school principal, even up there to be the high school principal. Because uh-huh. he was Mr. Batesville. Yeah. He, he, was, he grew up here. He was a superb athlete here, a good basketball player, a really good football player, went to Butler to play football, mm-hmm. then comes back. And Coach Thompson, I don't know what the heck I was thinking as far as, yeah, I'd like to be head coach at Batesville. I should have thought <laughs> through that more in terms of, fo- in terms of following a legend. Um, yeah. I think Coach Seifert at some point, at some point will be in the Hall of Fame. Just what he accomplished in 15 short seasons here at Batesville was incredible. Uh-huh. And so he, when he left coaching, he was assistant principal. When he left coaching, he became principal at Batesville Middle School. And it's probably been eight or nine years ago now that he went up to Plainfield. But mm-hmm. he's, like I said, recently retired. He definitely likes doing renovation work in terms of, of working on home projects, and he's got two granddaughters that he really, really enjoys. So just having that freedom and, and well-earned freedom now to do what he wants to do and not, not what needs to be done. Mm-hmm. Coach Seifert was definitely a doer. 
Yeah. And he did something to be done. He was going to do it. He didn't. He didn't tell somebody else to do it. He would always jump in to do things. Mm-hmm. So I'm just really excited for him now to, to do more traveling, be with those grandkids, and then just really, really enjoy life. That's awesome. So you take over for Coach Seifert, and um, you've been there for 15 years now. You've won two sectional titles, a regional title. Um, you've won two over 200 games, and you're going to win a lot more before it's over. When you started 15 years ago, like you, you talked about, you thought you were ready. You were 33. Did, did you think that you would accomplish this much and that you would stay in it as long as you have? No, and one of the things I did – when I got the job, I was at least smart enough to know that I needed to make some kind of mark on my of my own on the program because it was it was gonna be next to impossible for anybody to come in and have the just the uber success that Coach Seifert had. Uh-huh. So I sure was gonna give it a shot. Yeah. So one of the, a few things I did was just I, I did some research of the basketball program that mm-hmm. really hadn't been done before. Yeah. As, as special a program as Batesville has had, and, and really the research, the history had not been all put in one place. So. Yeah. A gentleman in town, a former Bulldog named Terry Giesing, and I really attacked that front and got that going, got an alumni game going, mm-hmm. just those type of general outreach things. But as I did that research, you look down the long list of Batesville basketball coaches, and as I discovered, most of them had not had not coached here for longer than three years. Yeah, I don't know all the stories of why those happened, but I'm sure some of the stories involved not being successful enough. Mm-hmm. So fast forward to me. Um, we get upset my first year after a really good year. We get upset in the, in the sectional. Mm-hmm. Year two, we lose an overtime game in the sectional. Mm-hmm. So now we're that magical third year. Yeah. Um, not going to lie, sweating bullets, right? Mm-hmm. This ride's been fun, but maybe it's going to be brief. But then that third year, we break through, and we, we get all the way to the final four and then run up against, unfortunately, Cody Zeller. Mm-hmm. We, did, we just did not have an answer for Cody. He had, he had teammates to go with him. But that game was a heck of a game, if I'm not mistaken. Well, we were, and it was, we followed Yogi. Um, they played the, the game before us. The mm-hmm. Seymour was packed. We yeah. And we had to go up there to the bird's nest, one of the corners at Seymour's gym, which is an amazing gym. Mm-hmm. But there's there's 10,000 people there. Yeah. And obviously, we had some, we had scheme and game plan some things all week for, for Cody to try to slow him down a little bit. First play of the game, he gets it. He spins before he can even run a double team at him. And Tom Hawk dunks it in front of 9,000 people. <laughs> so much for <laughs> slowing him down. <laughs> and then, uh, well, I'll back up on that. I The pregame talk, I'm, I'm talking to Coach Miller. At yeah. that point, at that point, he had been coaching, he'd been a varsity coach as many years as I'd been alive. Uh-huh. I walked up to him and said, Coach, this, this is a quite a fair matchup. <laughs> but you know that you know the gentleman Coach Miller is. Oh, yeah. So in that, in that game, we – we're tied at half. Should have had a should have had to lead at half. We had a late turnover that Cody went down and dumped. And then the second half, their their guards got going on us a little bit, and and Cody picked it up. Right, mm-hmm. the first half, he was still a good player, but that second half, you could tell that at halftime some adjustments were made, and, and Cody really kicked it in high gear. Yeah. And what he ended up being fourth pick in the NBA draft, I think, coming right, Victor. Yeah. Second, he was fourth. Yeah. So no shame there. We that group of kids still unbelievable group of kids. And so in that story, now I, I can't believe it. I've, I've been here 15 years. It, it's went in such a flash. But now since 1983, I'm the third head coach at Batesville since 1983. There's mm-hmm. been some incredible longevity here. And it's just a great, great place to, place to teach and coach. And, and that's what, what makes Batesville so special. Absolutely. Coach, one of the things that, really deteriorates careers, I think. Uh, th- there are two things. Um, if you don't have a sp- supportive spouse, which you do, you've already talked about that, I-, I think that's number one. You have to have a spouse, whether it's you're a male or a female coach, you've got to have that buy-in from home, that support. They want to be part of the program. I know your wife helps you out with different things, so I want to touch on that real quick. Just talk about some of the things she helps you with. I know you have the shooting club there, and there's lots of other things she does. Just touch on that for just uh, uh, just a second for our listeners. Yeah, you're, you are 100% correct in terms of, in all facets, you got to have a wife that's understanding of just the, the commitment, the stress level, the – the fatigue, the frustrations at times, and they have to be able to sit in sit in stands and hear some things sometimes that aren't that are said that aren't so nice about their spouse. Yeah. Right. When we're down there coaching, yeah. <clears throat> I think people discount 
is how hard that would be. Mm-hmm. Um, so Jenny is very, very supportive. And on the home front, like I said, we live in Batesville, Jenny's hometown. So we have her 94-year-old grandmother that still helps us out that the kids love dearly and hang out with. That is awesome. Jenny's parents, yeah, Jenny's parents who, who help us. Because we couldn't, I couldn't live life I do if it wasn't for the village that helps us. And uh-huh. Those are the main people up front in that village that help us with our kids. And then cousins, aunts, uncles. But then going back to Jenny, just keeping, because you know, your wife knows too in terms of how well, how much we're gone raising other people's kids. Yeah. That leaves the entire home front to take care of. That a lot of times we're not we're not around much during, especially in the heart of the season as we're doing coaching our programs, not only our varsity team, but our programs where mm-hmm. it goes all the way down to around this area. It's called Dirt Road where there's travel teams, you're hosting games, you're yeah. doing the middle school games. So during, during a week, with if it's a heavy middle school home week, I try to get to all my middle school home games. I mean, I may be gone for the five nights of the week easily. Mm-hmm. And, That's you know, so that easy to do. Yeah. And when you're home, I'm trying to get better at this as they get older. Are we, we may be physically home, but are we mentally present too? That's something I've had to work on and getting better because there's always more film that can be watched. Your thoughts, you're always thinking about what needs to be done next, what needs to be done with this player, what needs to be done for this opponent. So otherwise, um, people ask me sometimes how I do it. More so, I don't understand how our spouses do it. That'd, mm-hmm. be, that'd be a much harder thing to do because, as you know, once those games start, I can't even hear the crowd. Mm-hmm. Um, but they have to go up there and have and sit up there and have zero control over a game, but yet have to live through all the oh yeah emotions that go with it. Yeah, I I can remember, and this is different than a spouse. This is my daughter, and 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 our kids have to go through it as well. But yes. I can remember a specific situation where um, my daughter, I had to call her into my office as assistant principal at Vincent's Lincoln because I knew that she had gotten hot under the collar about some things that kids were saying. Uh, about me in class and I said hey kid this unfortunately is is part of the deal you know you didn't sign up for this but you got to have some thicker skin because if you speak out about it like at the end of the day it's still going to be there so you just got to have some really thick skin and you know I told her I said hey I don't envy your the situation that you're in and you know we kind of talked through that but that that is so tough the other part uh, of coaching that I think is taking guys out of the business and keeping them from doing it as long as you have done it is not the season. It's the summer season. And the the other stuff that goes in with coaching basketball, I tell people all the time, when you're the head coach at Batesville, you're the head coach at Bar Eve, you are the head coach 365, 24-7. But coaching basketball today is way different than in 1991, let's say because we have that summer season. How do you handle the summer stuff to where it doesn't become so overwhelming that it's driven you from the business in, in these 15 years? Chucking it from the cheap seats is also brought to you by BSN Sports and Jeff Neal, their sales rep. Shop BSN Sports for a large selection of sports apparel and footwear, custom and stock Nike team uniforms, and sports equipment for your next winning season. Contact Jeff Neal at 812-204-3808 or visit bsnsports.com. It's definitely getting harder. And a, a factor I didn't really think about fully is that my kids have gotten to the point where they're so involved in things. Mm-hmm. Um, that makes that creates even another challenge. And I often tell people that June is, is basically another month of the season. When you're running middle school teams' places, you're working them out, you're working out your high school kids, you're playing those summer games. It is another month of the season, and before that, you right before, between the season ending and, and summer, you're doing your spring camp. So mm-hmm. That's here at Batesville. That's three separate weeks for me. Yeah, with a lot of with 150 plus kids over three weeks, and then you've always got your players, right? And and I know you're the same way. I mean, my players become extensions of my family. My they're my sons. Mm-hmm. And you're always there's always different things that's happening with them. Whether they're not happy with you, their parents aren't happy with you they're going through a certain situation in their family where they need this or even the positive things. Mm-hmm. But every, every interaction, it takes time, especially if you have those relationships be strong. And it's just, it's nonstop. And it's definitely, you know, I can still remember back when, when I played, when you started there in the middle of October, and you had a month, oh, about five weeks until you played at, at Thanksgiving. Yeah. 
I'm not sure kids could get through that today, and that's not a that's not a slamming on them by any means, but yeah. just, it's just different because they're also going through so much more than we did. Mm-hmm. You know, we did some open gyms, we played at parks, you know, we traveled around and played all the different parks. But kids these days, um, it is more challenging, but I, I relish the challenge in, in terms of helping them navigate this world that is so complex now with the apparatus that we're speaking on, the cell phone and the social media and the constant 24-7 microcosm, microscope world they live in. It's, um, we're, we're definitely, I would say probably the best way to put it is we are definitely much more than basketball coaches now than maybe some of our predecessors had to be through their careers. I would agree with that, and, and I'm just going to piggyback off of two things you said. Number one, I am so glad that I'm not a kid today. I mean, with, with, I tell coaches, I tell people that uh, I'm so glad that I grew up when I did because man, social media now and, and, uh, this, our, our culture where it seems like every little thing you do is under the microscope. Uh, it's so tough to be a kid today. And I agree with you hundred percent on that. And then the other thing that I agree with what you said is the amount of work that goes in in the off season uh, is exponential now. And, and I loved what coach Wood said at your culture clinic. And we're going to talk about that here in a second. He talked about, Hey, I take July off. And if anybody wants to come at me because I take July off, then so be it. You know, you can find another coach. I don't take quite that approach, but man, I really slow down in July. Do you, do you do something similar to that in July? Yeah, when I was a younger head coach, we hit July just as hard as we did June, but uh-huh. we, didn't, we didn't travel and play games. Yeah. We still had the same number of workouts and whatnot. Now as we hit July, and this all spurred from, I can remember it very, very vividly, I was at morat- it was a moratorium, and we were, I was at a concert with Coach Seifert, mm-hmm. and we get the news that a former player of ours had passed away. Oh, my. And it just and it just punched me in the gut because this is a kid. On top about being an assistant coach and having close relationships, this was one of the. This was a kid I taught one of the first years in the classroom. So you remember mm. those kids differently than you remember some of the other years because oh, they were yeah. first group as a kid, and just a gregarious personality that then I got close to as, a, as an assistant coach. And he dies at a young age, mm-hmm. and I'm like, and even in the moments, like, what what am I doing as far as then now going through July and just taking all that more time. Uh-huh. So I tell my families when we have the, the organization meeting in the spring, do your best to give me June. Yeah. I can work around baseball. I can work around things. But if you can push family vacations to June or to July and give me June, take them. Mm-hmm. I don't care if I see them at all in July. Now, yeah. Here's when the weight room's open. Here's when the gym's open for shooting. Mm-hmm. If they're in town, I, I expect them to be here. Mm-hmm. They are. I mean, they're, they're solid kids who want to get better. Yeah. But, if they want to, if they want to go on short mini vacations, if if they want to go do things with their family, take them. Because mm-hmm. we take what we as coaches have to remember is not only for our only our own family's health and our mental health, but we take an exorbitant amount of time. And especially if you do things the right way, these kids do. We take so much of their time. Yeah, we've we've got to give them some of that back. And Batesville, mm-hmm. much like Bar Reef, we're a small enough school where I've got several three sport athlete guys this year. Almost yeah. all my guys are two sport athletes. Um, they've got to they've got to have some sort of mental break too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and that's my one criticism of. Well, I don't want to say my one <laughs> criticism of the IHSA, but they seem to really take a hands off approach as far as the summer. And again, I don't want to use this as a crutch, but you know, I I say this all the time. A lot of times our representatives on the IHSA board are coming from these donut schools in the Indianapolis area where you don't have as many two and three sport multi-sport athletes. And so therefore, um, and, and I'm not throwing Scott under the bus at Noblesville because Scott's a great friend of both of ours and does a tremendous job, but the kids that Scott has at Noblesville that he's working out in the summer, most of those guys are probably just basketball guys. You know, they, sure. they may do one or two other sports and so that's quite different than at Batesville where you've got a guy that's doing football workouts. He's trying to play baseball and travel baseball and then also be there with Coach Garrett. And so, again, I think that's why the IHSA has taken the hands-off approach is because most of those reps come from the donut schools, and it's, it's just different there. But um, you, you make so many, you know, good connections with the fact that coaching basketball today is so different 
and there has to be some balance. And one of the things that I commend you for is the balance that you find between being a great classroom teacher and an excellent basketball coach. Um, just talk about some of the stuff you do in the classroom because it's absolutely phenomenal. I appreciate that. I know it's near and dear to your heart of being an associate teacher as well. When I was at Indiana University, I was fortunate enough to take Coach Knight's class the, mm-hmm. the one fall semester. Uh-huh. And I still vividly remember him basically making two points as that's always has stayed with me. First thing he one point he made was he goes, Think of your favorite teacher. So yeah. everybody thought of their favorite teacher. And he goes, Now think of your toughest teacher when it's challenged you the most. Invariably it's the same person. Uh-huh. So that kind of has led me in my way. Yeah. And he also talked about if you're gonna coach People are going to come at you. Mm-hmm. Most coaches get fired. It's a fact of the coaching profession. Most mm-hmm. coaches get fired. Mm-hmm. One way to, to, to take away an angle from people is to be top-notch in the classroom. So whenever I'm asked to speak at a clinic or I've, or I've spoken at clinics in the past, that's one thing I always challenge, especially the young teachers with, the young coaches with, is be great be great teachers. First of all, those kids in the class deserve it. Yeah, You're getting, you're getting paid a – if you're going to say that what they want about teacher pay, we get paid well for working 185 days. We get yeah. paid well for that. Mm-hmm. Earn, earn that paycheck and then do your best job. And I firmly know and believe the reason I was able to become the head coach at Batesville when I did, I'd had the superintendent's kids. I'd had the other administrator's kids. I've had, I'd had school board members' kids in my classroom. Mm-hmm. And I think there was a level of trust built up there and how I go about things and just the, how important it is to me to, to teach. Now, some of these kids in my class right now, this year, this fall, there's probably some of them that know I coach basketball just because obviously they're, they're guys that have been through camps mm-hmm. or they've been to basketball games. But yeah. I take pride in that there's several kids in my class when I have a clue that I coach high school basketball. Because uh-huh. it's when we're in my class, we're, from, we're living from the revolution to the Civil War, uh-huh. and we're getting things done. And that's why I've always challenged, especially coaches with, because sometimes the coaching profession gets a bad rap because there's a lot of coaching going on during the school day in terms of, okay, videos put in and then the coaches working on coaching stuff. Mm-hmm. And then my goal has always been to change that narrative and, and, and do the, the main job first. Coaching is our main job. Mm-hmm. Teaching is our main job. And the better the best coaches I've been around have been the ones that were just unbelievable teachers as well. I think it definitely goes hand in hand. No, I couldn't agree with that more. Coach, one of the things that uh, I was blessed enough to do here recently was speak at your culture clinic, the first one that you've done. And I know this is something that you, you plan to do um, in the future. And then something else I want, want you to kind of touch on here is your involvement in HBCA, IBCA, because I noticed that about you. You like to give back to the game. You know, it's not just, hey, it's Aaron Garrett and I'm the basketball coach at Batesville. You do a, a great job of giving back to the game in a lot of ways. Talk about why that's important to you and some of the things you want to do with that culture clinic moving forward. Coach Thompson, sometimes I just, I, I'll have to stop and reflect and think. And just, I'm sometimes shocked that I'm, I'm a head basketball coach in Indiana. Mm-hmm. And not only, not only am I a head basketball coach in Indiana, I'm a head basketball coach in Batesville, Indiana. Mm-hmm. And just, there's responsibility that comes with that. And it's how I learned to be Coach Seifert gave back. Yeah. So, I mean, I got to know you, which was awesome, through the HBCA. When I learned of that organization and joined it years ago, and the IBCA, just going to coaching clinics over the years as an assistant too, you see all those guys scurrying around and, and doing all the work and mm-hmm. putting all this together. Yeah, and they do. They become like role models to you. Mm-hmm. And that person must really be good. They're, they're this involved in the, in the state coaching association. So then, fast forward to where, I mean, I've, I've had a chance to be uh, on the uh, to, to serve for the IBCA. Mm-hmm. Um, it was awesome. Because you, you are giving back to the game, you're part of important decisions, you're part of team selection, and ultimately, the, one of the blessing of my, one of the blessings of my coaching career is, is to be able to have been an assistant for the Indian All Star team in '19. Mm-hmm. Just and that's and that's so special because it's a result of all the hard work at Batesville, the kids that have played for me at Batesville, but then the the relationships fostered in the coaching community where enough people thought enough of me at, at some level to to give afford me that opportunity. To have a, a, a the most one of the most special weeks of my entire life with mm-hmm. that All Star Week with all that goes on the kids we had that year was led by Trey Jackson Davis and I could go on that list that that roster yeah and those kids were top notch human beings and and just such a great great experience 
So just want to want to make sure I give back. And now at, at the age I am, I'm definitely I, I've heard I've listened to, to part of your Coach Shannon podcast so far. I love that dude. So it's been a, a pleasure to listen to. I'll finish it up tomorrow morning when I run. Mm-hmm. But like I I won't be a Coach Shannon mm-hmm. in terms of it just blows my mind how long he's coached and the level he's coached. Yeah. I just don't see that for me as a head coach, but so I know, I know I'm on the back end of this thing, how long that is. I have no idea, but I want to give back as much as I can. So that culture clinic was just the genesis of, I've been kicking around for three or four years. I didn't reach out to you guys. I didn't get it scheduled. I didn't get it done because I could, life's just busy. This can happen. That Mm. can happen. You just Mm. make excuses. But this year I was determined to get it done because I think there's such a need for it. Mm -hmm. And I just, and here's the most beautiful thing about it all. Yeah, I benefit from it more than anybody. <laughs> so <laughs> just that, that culture clinic, it's just, I, I, you guys were on my top three on my list just for various reasons like I discussed. And to have you all three say yes and come down and, and give such a clinic that's just been, it's getting unbelievable views on YouTube in terms of guys that could make it that Saturday afternoon, but definitely wanted to watch. And as you, um, what's always stood out to me about you is you have not changed. You've continued to give back and, and you, you got let go of, from my head coaching mm-hmm. job. You were, you, you, you faced an unbelievably tough obstacle. Your family had to face that obstacle with you. You didn't flinch. You landed on your feet. Now you're a state championship coach, but you haven't changed. Mm-hmm. There's, there's no ego about you. You still work hard at making those connections. You're still doing the same thing in terms of reaching out to coaches during the pandemic. It was, it was Zoom sessions. I learned a lot from your Zoom sessions. I still have them saved on my computer in terms of I need to go back to drill, I picked up, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And now you're doing podcasts. Just to, Again, that's a historian coming out in you, I think. You're chronicling a, a lot of great stories about Indiana high school basketball. So, again, something else that's going to outlive you and be a, be a treasure to those that come behind us. So that's, that's, that's what's important to me in terms of, gosh, there's been so many people have done so much for the game. I'm just happy to whatever little part I can. Coach, uh, one of the guys, I appreciate your your compliments there about things that I've been involved in, and I feel so much like you that it's just it's so great to be in the position, whether it's being a head basketball coach in the state of, state of Indiana, but it's great to be in the position where you can give back. And just I almost feel like it's an obligation that, uh, you know, to be as fortunate as you and I are to be the head coach at Batesville, the head coach at Bari, that we need to give back. And you've done a tremendous job of that over the years. A guy that we know, a guy that was at the culture clinic, and you talk about, um, you know, taking record of history. We're going to do some podcasts with this guy coming up, and it's not just going to be one or two. It's probably going to be three. Is Coach Hoover. Just talk about Coach Hoover and the things that he's done for you uh, over the years. Well, even as you're building up to that, I, I just a smile comes to my face. I yeah. can't even hide it. Yeah. In terms of he's a he's a state treasure, and and if, as, as people watch back that that culture broadcast, they'll know when Coach Hoover walks in the room because he, he takes my attention. <laughs> we're talking about him, yeah. and I didn't I didn't even really put the pieces together that until I put the introductions together that the you guys that spoke at my culture clinic. Our strong connection with B1 was Coach Hoover. Exactly. So just in terms of the synergy there that brought that together, mm-hmm. and and those have been coaches I've looked up to and, and have a good relationship with. And with Coach Hoover, mm-hmm. I I, looked, I met him going to those D1 camps. I can't tell you the number of times he's just shown up at my gym mm-hmm. in terms of that game, and just he's definitely he's 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 loyal to and he's he's fiercely loyal. Yeah. In terms of he's going to take care of Indiana high school basketball coaches. So when you, when you do those broadcasts, I can't wait to hear Can't wait to hear them because one thing I was, I was super pumped about is when coach Hoover got inducted in the hall of fame. Yes. I think that's the first, I think it was the first hall of fame induction ceremony I went to because mm-hmm. he's done so much for me. So I went up there to Indianapolis, watch his induction speech and it was outstanding. And at, at first I'm like, Oh boy, where's, which, which angle is this going to go? You know, no, <laughs> But, man, he really delivered an unbelievable induction speech and, and the authenticity behind it and how much it meant to him mm-hmm. was just awesome to be in the room as he delivered it. Yeah. So not only is he a Hall of Famer, but he, he is a coach's coach. 
And that's why you see the same guys, the same teams go back every year to D1. Mm-hmm. It's, it's Coach Hoover. Yeah. And, and, you know, we could tell so many Coach Hoover stories on here, but I know he's done things for your kids before. He's done kids. He's done things for, for kids at every school that I've been at. Um, and it's just tremendous how he handles those situations. Um, and I'm, I'm going to say this on the podcast just because – and I, I won't say it with him on here, but like there have been multiple times where I've went up there and his daughter, you know, cashes us in and I'm like, Hey, you need to send us a bill for the remaining balance for these kids. All I need is an invoice. And then we will pay for this out of our basketball account. And and not one time have I ever got a bill from Jerry Hoover on, on any of that. I mean, because it's about those kids, you know, being able to, to be a part of camp. And I know coach Hoover grew up and he didn't have a ton when he grew up. So, you know, he, he feels for coaches. He feels for those situations. And it's just so many things that he does that he gives back uh, to, to kids and, and to coaches and to have him there at that clinic. I know he was dinged up from the table saw incident, which now will become another legend of Jerry Hoover. Um, but yeah, just to have him there that day, that was awesome. And I and I know feeling he'd show up, and I, and I kept kind of looking for him. <laughs> and then he makes his grand arrival. And coach, it's funny. I've got I've got guys that that played for me a decade ago, twelve years ago, that when we crossed paths, we're able to catch up and visit. And invariably, yeah. they'll ask about Coach Hoover. Yep. And now I tell him, hey, he just took on a, yet another coaching job, coaching high school girls. <laughs> They're blown away. Yeah, I, I, I'd love to be able to get to a game this year. That that would be awesome to be able to get to a game and watch him coach. Um, yeah, I, I, I'll never forget that we played them when when Luke Brown was playing for him. We played him up here in the North Davies Holiday Tournament, and I felt really bad for Coach Hoover that year because. It was the 2018-19 season, obviously before COVID hit, but it was in that. And, and remember, the flu was really bad there in December that year yep. Uh, yep. prior to COVID. And so Luke was sick and Coach Hoover was sick, and they just did not have the showing in that tournament that I know they would have had everybody been at full force. And so in our game, you know, Luke played. He played okay, but but not – normal Luke Brown and I just remember we we won pretty handily and went down there and and I shook his hand and he just had this big smile on his face and he goes that's what you call an old-fashioned rear end whooping but you know he used the <laughs> he used the expletive but, uh that was that was awesome getting to coach against him in, in that game coach um we've had an opportunity you and I to coach some really good players over the years you probably coached the the best individual player of your high school career, coaching career, the very first year as a head coach when you coached Colt Ryan. What was that like, coaching him and then watching his career as he went on to play collegiately? It's just – it was so much fun because I know Colt's family well. I remember him when I was an assistant in our camps. Mm-hmm. Taught him in eighth grade. And then to see him progress and work, because Colt may argue with me, but he was not born with a, with a bunch of natural athleticism. Uh-huh. So he wasn't a guy that was going to be overly. He's not going to blow by you at the speed. He's not going to jump over you with his with his with his hops. Yeah. See, I would have never guessed that having watched him play in college. I, I would have just thought he yeah. was a freak athlete coming up. He worked so hard, and then he did work on his body. And then obviously, at Evansville, just took to another whole level. He mm-hmm. grew and matured physically. But man, he could shoot and shoot and shoot. He mm-hmm. could he could absolutely pass the basketball. And then as an assistant, there was a lot of of hoopla surrounding him as he played in middle school because he was that good. Yeah. He comes in and we'd had, we'd had back-to-back sub 500 seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, and he comes in as a freshman. Yeah. Obviously it started right away mm-hmm. in his vision. People don't give him enough credit for his passing. He was mm-hmm. hitting guys in the side of the head, the back of the head, because he saw where they were open. They didn't even realize they were open. <laughs> yeah. And we go, we win, this, we win the section with his freshman year. We get to the, to the regional, the morning game at Newcastle. Mm-hmm. And the, the young freshman wasn't scared. He really stepped up and performed. We got beat. But then his sophomore and junior year, now Colt goes on to be our – he's still our school's leading scorer. We had another player named Alex Grimsley who went to um, go on to be our third leading scorer in our school history. So we had we had two Dynamo, dynamo guys there that we went to back-to-back mm-hmm. uh, final fours. And we got beat one year by Bossy, got beat the other year by Tyler Zeller. Mm-hmm. 
So, and I say this in jest because I, I know the Zeller family and they're tremendous human beings. Uh, there's not a lot of love for them in Bates Wendy. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I bet not. I bet not. Both of them. And I still sit and I'll, I ran into Luke at a IU football game just last year. And he's, yeah. he's, a, he's an unbelievable guy. Oh, a yeah. great, great family. Yes. But we happened to run into both of the boys. As, and actually that year, Tyler was a, a senior and, and Cody was a small little freshman that came in. He actually played in that Final Four game. Yeah. But um, Colt, Coach Seifert, God love him, let's me inherit Colt my first year. Just to inherit a guy of that, that ability and just does things the right way. And Colt's become very special to me. He's mm-hmm. um, he's, my, he's my financial advisor now. He works here in town at a, at a financial okay. establishment. So he he came back and made roots after being in Terre Haute mm-hmm. and even down in sorry Evansville because he played there. Then yeah. ended up working there for a short time before he came back to Batesville to do financial work. Mm-hmm. And his see his family now grow. I mean, they just had their third child, so it's just awesome to have Colt back in this community. He comes from a large family too, a mm-hmm. lot of extended aunts, uncles, cousins. So to be able to start my career with him, and then I've, you know, I've had all kinds of we all kinds of unbelievable dudes. Um, Brian Hoeing, who's a major league baseball pitcher, he's up with the Marlins right now. Yeah, that, that I love. I love watching you post about stuff that you and other yeah. people in Batesville are doing to follow that kid. He and he's he deserves every bit of it because I don't know I don't know very many better human beings than Brian Hoeing. Mm-hmm. He's had all kinds of obstacles and things he's overcome. He's just not going to give up. He's going to keep working. Yeah. And there's, gosh, I haven't looked at the list lately, but the number of kids I've coached, it's, it already blows my mind. Mm-hmm. And um, and they're the best of the best. They're the mm-hmm. best kids. My only only regret is that I we didn't win nearly enough championships with them in terms of tournament championships. Um, but as you as you coach long enough, you realize, and I was not good at this as the under coach. I was so worried about the destination. Mm-hmm. Now, the losses still chew me up and, and just kill me on the insides. They do, and I'm not very good dealing with losses. Oh, yeah. But as you get some years and some perspective, the journey I've had is, is unbelievable. And then you're in this same, same stage of your career where now is where I've got a, another player's wedding here in a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. It's, it's my favorite thing on earth to do is to go to a former player's wedding. So to go from Colt, my first year, who his family's growing, he's being successful as we know he would, all the guys in between, mm-hmm. and now you're just trying to pass around, pass down the same lessons to the guys that are here now playing for me. Mm-hmm. It's like you said earlier in the podcast, it's a it's a treasured life. I'm not sure I'm worthy of it, but I'm sure I'm sure happy I'm living it. Yeah, that that's awesome, and it's awesome to hear about guys doing well, like you talked there about Colt, um, Coach. I would be remiss. If I did not ask you about some of the guys, the other coaches in your area that are that are really good, because I've got a lot of respect for Stacy Meyer, and I've talked to Stacy about you know transition into motion stuff. I think he's one of the best um, people over in southwestern Indiana. People know how good Batesville and and Greensburg basketball uh, is in that part of the state, but I don't know that we have a true, profound respect just because we're we're far away from it uh, geographically to see it on a weekly basis. But just talk about some of the other guys in, in your area that are really good coaches because there's a lot of them. And, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it's Bar Reeve and it's when you play North Davies or Ligoti, that's the buggy bowl. Uh, when we play North Davies, it's the buggy bowl. And now that's probably your – is that your biggest rivalry, biggest game? Uh, we we kind of share that with Lagodi as well. I mean, Lagodi and, and Bar Reeve have been tremendous rivalry for many years. And then uh, with what Coach Dalrymple has done at North Davies over the last 20 years, that's become a rivalry as well. So those are big games, big games for us. So that's, that's the comparison. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I'll go back to the stretch where – Coach Myers is a well of a coach, and, and he's I, I firmly believe he cost Batesville State Championship in mm-hmm. Brian's junior year, mm-hmm. and that's when he had McIntosh. I thought Greensburg was good enough that year to win 4A. Yeah. They won the Hall of Fame Classic that winter. I, I firmly believe they were good enough to – and that had been the second back-to-back state championship year. I think they were good enough to win 4A. I definitely think we were good enough to win 3A. So <clears throat> those years is – and there were – gosh, he had – he had five D1 athletes in his starting five, three of which played basketball. I didn't have that many D1 athletes, but kids that were really, really good. And obviously, Brian went on to be a, a major league pitcher, so a professional athlete. But at our place, Brian's sophomore year, Greensburg was number one. We knock him off. 
you know, we literally had this, we could not let anybody else in after halftime at JV. The fire marshal showed up. People were everywhere. And that's in our gym. It holds a little over 2,500. Mm-hmm. We go to the Greensburg game, and Greensburg hosts a sectional. For our game, there were, in Greensburg, holds over 5,500 people, jam-packed as yeah. far as, and kind of like what it used to be when I grew up, and it was one-class basketball, and uh-huh. Greensburg hosted. I mean, it was so much fun to be a part of. We came out on the short end of the stick too, too many times, but in terms of atmosphere, being involved in great games, that's exactly how your people can compare it because it's what they live when they go to those games that, that you mentioned. And and I so, think it's just tremendous to have those rivalries, like like he talked about. And, uh, you know, it, Coach Shannon talked about the New Albany-Jeffersonville rivalry. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I loved it how in the end of our podcast, I'm going to talk to you about restaurants in, in Batesville because that's one of the things I love to do is I love to eat. But um, Coach Shannon recommended – the downtown area there in New Albany and the revitalization that they've done. But he reminded all the listeners that if you're in that area, don't eat in Jeffersonville. <laughs> <laughs> it's but, funny. I typically, I have to, I get, I have to go through Greensboro to go out and visit my parents who live in the Southern part of Decatur County. Yeah. But I don't, uh, I always jest that I don't, I don't need to stop in Greensboro very often. I'll we'll get, <laughs> let's get through this town as fast as we can. Um, which makes it fun, right? Yeah. Cause it's, both fan bases care so much. And I was I was seriously no, never more humbled than in 19. We had a good group, but then a group that stayed together persevered and were able to knock off a number two only once defeated Greensburg team in the sectional. Mm-hmm. I was blown away by the number of Greensburg fans I'd heard of, some of which I knew, right, from growing up in the area, going, being there. Some of them I knew, but just the number of people who reached out to me that were generally happy for us. They'd rather have seen Greensburg win, but yeah. they were happy for us in terms of they, I think they respect how our kids play, how we do things, and all the battles we've had with Greensburg. And then, and I won't go too far down this list because I'll leave out too many guys that are, that are much better coaches than I am, but obviously in our in our conference now the last number of years is, is Coach Brown. Mm-hmm. Oh, so man. When you compete against Coach Brown, it's, I'd really go I'd really go to the dentist in terms of how his team's going to play. <laughs> yeah. Play defense and, and they're really going to work the basketball offensively to the point where kids these days just don't want to play defense that long. So mm-hmm. that's a battle to get your kids ready for a game like that. And that's, yeah. I think, an underrated guy, period. And probably our other biggest rival is East Central and Dave Disbro. Mm-hmm. That dude doesn't get nearly enough respect for his longevity, how yes. hard he is to go against. Mm-hmm. Um, he's at a football school. There's, yeah. there's no hiding that whatsoever. They're, they're a football powerhouse at East Central. Mm-hmm. But I, I think he's. And even when I was in the system, he was a head coach. Mm-hmm. And now as I compete against him for now going on 15 years, I think I think he's one of the best ones around here as well. Yeah, that, that, that list right there, I think all three of those guys uh, are, are have a shot to be in the Indiana Basketball Hall of Fame. Uh, and like you talked about, Coach Disbro at East Central does not get near the recognition he should get and deserves. Um, coach, I want to I talk to you about um, some off-the-court stuff. Number one, your your fitness regimen. Uh, it's an inspiration to everybody. You do a great job of taking care of yourself. Um, and you, you post about it on social media, unabashed about it. And uh, I just got to commend you for that. But, you know, I know taking care of yourself is, is a premium. But when did that start and, and what's the big reason behind it for you each and every day? My pivot point is probably twofold. And, and I do post because, and I take a beating over it. Sometimes I take a beating in pregame interviews from other radio guys or people that follow me uh-huh. on social media. <laughs> it's all in jest, but it's fun. But well, and and I, to this point, coach, or to that point, I'd rather take a beating about taking care of myself than take a beating about other things. So if that's all they're coming at you with, then then more power to you. <laughs> and you know this too, because you're in the you you definitely do a good job of taking care of yourself. You and your wife do. It's as I tell people, it's as much as for me as it is for anybody. It keeps me, it holds me accountable. Amen. Then, so I'll flash back when I'm turning 40. Mm -hmm. There was a group of of people in the Batesville School Corporation who were training, and they would do the mini marathon, the half marathons, either Mm -hmm. since you're in your boat. Yeah. And I decided if 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 I'm ever going to run a marathon, a half marathon, I'm not getting younger. So let's let's do it. I signed up for it. Mm -hmm. Literally two weeks into my training, I still remember being over at Rushville coaching. I couldn't even, I had to sit on the bench and coach that game because I thought I'd already torn my meniscus. Oh, my. Long story short, I didn't. (laughs) 
but that's I hadn't ran for 25 years, and we had to run back in high school. If you didn't play football, you had to run cross country. I had uh-huh. to since then. Old school kids. Kids Old have school, no man. idea what that was like. <laughs> <laughs> so I um, that kind of started my my running, and I mm-hmm. found out I kind of liked it because they let me have some time to myself. Yeah. And fast forward to the pandemic, and, and a couple things there. I mean, there was one season in, in particular I was really, really worn down. Mm-hmm. And as I look back on that and I reflected, it's because some of my health habits had went away. Mm-hmm. But then the pandemic hits and I've got time to reflect and, and catch my breath and think. And that's where a, a morning routine all kind of came together that I still follow religiously. It's sacred to me. Mm-hmm. And part of that morning routine is indeed exercise. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't, I don't even want to fathom where I would be at in my marriage classroom, the basketball guys, all facets of my life, if I had not come upon that morning routine and, and be, made it become a habit. Mm-hmm. And that's where, as I post things, and I, I mean, I've had some of the most, I'll say obscure, I know these people are coming up to me, but I didn't even know really they were tracking anything I was doing, but they'll come mm-hmm. up to me and generally say that I've motivated them. Yes. So that, again, that feeds me more than they can imagine because Sometimes I feel foolish doing it. Other times I want to hold myself accountable. So I mean, I want to get a good mm-hmm. time if I'm going to post this. Yeah. But I even I've even taken over to my I have the kids follow me on Instagram. I call it my classroom bulletin board. Right. Uh-huh. Like there used to be in the hallway. Kids yeah. are visual now. So if I'm at a sporting event, I'll take pictures of them, post it. Hey, good luck. Yeah. BMS, eighth grade football, whatever. Mm-hmm. But if I can just get one of some of these young kids, and I've some of them have talked to me about morning routines and mm-hmm. develop some of those habits that would get them thinking about health because it's I mean, it's our time is so precious. Mm-hmm. We're high achieving individuals, and we can have all the success we want, all the money we want. If our health goes, none of that stuff matters. Absolutely, so I'm I'm going to try to hold that off as much as I can. Well, and and you know, you read a lot, and we're going to talk about you know uh, recommendations that you have as far as books, podcasts for for coaches. But anything you read talks about if you're not at your optimum physically. You can't be successful in any endeavor, and and so taking care of yourself becomes so so clutch and so important. And you do a great job of that. Something else that I admire about you is, you know, you talk about how you're not sure how much longer you're going to coach, um, but I, I I tend to think it's going to be a lot longer than what you think. Um, but you have set yourself up for a retirement profession already while you're teaching and coaching because you've become a top-notch real estate agent. Talk about how you found the balance of doing what you do at an extremely high level while undertaking this um, kind of a second profession as a real estate agent. Yeah, and it's amazing how that developed. It was, it's When I was in, I grew up poor, and mm-hmm. some things in the late 70s, early 80s changed economically where it impacted our family directly, and mm-hmm. then I ended up growing up in rentals, mm-hmm. and I then I paid rent in college, and I, I made a pact with myself when I get out of college, I'm never paying rent again. Yeah. That meant living at my parents' house for a year and a half, uh-huh. getting my first teaching job, the first house I bought, I lived in, I'm like, I'm, I'll, when I upgrade from this house, I'll keep it as a rental. I better yeah. get myself educated so I don't get sued, mm-hmm. but then I didn't use that license for eight years, yeah. and then 2007, I decided, well, if I'm ever going to use this license, I might as well try it. Mm-hmm. Had a had a certain number I was going to hope to try to make each year to just to help increase my lifestyle a little bit and, and do some things that were impactful for my family. That is obviously went farther than my wildest dreams. But mm-hmm. The biggest thing I take from it, and the balance part is, you just surround your good, yourself with good people. I've got a, a young lady that works for me that's unbelievably good. Mm-hmm. That's and I work for a real estate company that's really really good. Mm-hmm. And the lessons I've learned from our CEO and, and some other people I've met in the sales in the sales real estate sales world it all it all transcends it all transitions into being a real estate agent made me a better teacher a better coach because just the lessons i've learned the obstacles i've overcome the work ethic and all mm-hmm. the communication that has to take place yeah so it's challenging at times because i mean work is my hobby mm-hmm. i'm not a very good golfer i don't have very many other hobbies <laughs> so i don't i don't mind working but then there's the basketball work. There's the classroom yeah. work. So yeah. to balance all that, how do I get the basketball piece done? I've got one heck of a staff, an unbelievable mm-hmm. staff. Yeah. Um, Teaching-wise, I'm I've got great kids. I mean, obviously, the real estate piece is important. I, it 
I don't need to teach anymore, but it feeds my soul. Mm -hmm. So I think if you find something you're passionate about, and that's why I tell kids that, that show they have uh, some desire to maybe become a teacher or a coach. Again, you get paid you get paid fine being a teacher. You, you can make a good living for being a teacher. Mm-hmm. And there's there's a, there's plenty of time to chase other passions, habits that also could be resolved remuneration of, of funds where you can you can build things. So my ultimate goal now is just to keep striving. Can you go back to that physical piece? How can we ask kids or students to be the best version of themselves when we're not pushing our pushing ourselves to be the best version of our of ourselves to be on display for them? My ultimate goal is to is to leave a legacy behind that well that lasts me, and even from a financial standpoint, in terms of, of some kind of gift that's that's left for Batesville, Indiana, year after year after year, in terms of helping people in some sort of way. Coach, uh, you know, driving. One of the things that I talked about at the end of my presentation there in the culture clinic is what type of legacy are you going to leave, and I mean. You know, I'm not wishing the end of your days at any point in time in the near future, but when it comes, there's going to be a void in Batesville, Indiana, because of the lives that you've touched. Going back to the real estate piece, one of the things I love to see on social media from you is when you make a sale to one of your former students. That That is awesome. It's so much fun because some of them I haven't, maybe because I teach eighth grade, I haven't seen in 10, 12 years. Mm-hmm. And so my most favorite ones are, are usually the guys who they were squirrels in eighth grade. <laughs> as, as, as most as most of us do, they they definitely married up. Yeah. And all of a sudden they're coming to me as this mature young man that's successful in their job, successful yeah. family. It just it is, and and because I learned long ago, I mean, when you get into any endeavor, when it's coaching, you're worrying about wins. When it's real estate, I was, I was counting commissions before they even before they even the check was even written. Yeah. When you get rid of that stuff and just focus on people mm-hmm. and, and building those relationships, everything else is going to come to you tenfold in terms of whatever those other aspirations are because you're you're taking care of the root cause the right way in yeah. terms of taking care of the people. Yeah, no pun intended. That's no pun intended, but that's where the money is. That is it's 100%. it's in the people. Yeah. Well, Coach, we're, we're drawing close to the end of our time here, and you have been extremely gracious with all this stuff. So we're going to kind of put you through the speed round here. Some of these questions you've heard before on the podcast, if you've listened in, a few are a little different. Um, number one, um, five-class system. What are your thoughts? You support it? Don't support it? I think it has to happen. I voted yes for it mm-hmm. in terms of there's just – there's just way too big of a discrepancy there at that top level in mm-hmm. terms of when you see some of those numbers. But I, I think there's some other things I would do differently in terms of, of on the bottom end too, in terms mm-hmm. of what's pushing all these things up in terms of classes. Yeah. Now I'm old school. I, in a, in a, in a, if I could click my fingers and go back to one class basketball, I would in a second. Cause I think that what was lost was just how much sectionals meant. Mm-hmm. Um, Back when I played, if when South Decatur knocked off a, a Greensburg or knocked off a rival North Decatur or beat Rushville in the sectional, arguably that was going to be as important or, and as the same as important as winning a state title, quite frankly. Yes. Um, it's had that those local bragging rights. So could not we're agree. Still it out. Yeah, and there and I do believe the decisions that have been made are made in the best interest of kids mm-hmm. in communities because it is fun as we made Final Four runs in three A. Mm-hmm. Those weeks are magical. You've you've been through it to the highest level, so the more communities and, and whatnot that can experience that, I, I really can't detract from that. And then hopefully we continue to get to the to the perfect system. Absolutely, um, couldn't agree more with that answer. Next one, I'm going to be willing to say that you might have an asterisk here or there, but shot clock. Where do you where do you sit on the shot clock? I think it's coming. Mm-hmm. Um, when we play Connorsville, I, was, I knew it was coming. I knew it was coming. <laughs> it would help tremendously because Coach Brown is oh, unbelievable. Yeah. The way he gets those kids to play in that system is he's, he's there's a reason why he's advanced in the tournament in the number of years he has in mm-hmm. terms of that style of play. You don't see yeah. it anywhere else. Yeah. But I'm going to stop you right there, Coach, and I'm going to yeah. let you finish the answer. But this bothered me the other day when the five class system was put out there. I saw a tweet by another coach. And they said, before we go to five classes, let's bring in the shot clock because we need to make people coach. If anybody doesn't think that Kerry Brown coaches to the nth degree, 
go play Connersville. <laughs> but anyway, go ahead. Go ahead. I didn't mean to stop you, but that just was one that really kind of bothered me the other day. No, 100%. And I think the main reason why you'll see a shot clock come is just to keep the kids' attention, right? Mm-hmm. They see it at the, yeah. pro- the professional level. They see it at the college level. Everything yeah. trickles down to our level. Mm-hmm. I think that's going to be no different. Yeah, and, and I, I couldn't agree with you more. Whether you're for it, you're against it, no matter what your feelings are, it's coming. It is coming. Coach, I, I know you're an avid reader, listen to podcasts. Um, what is a good place that you could point uh, younger coaches to, to to get something really good on a daily basis or maybe a really good book to pick up? Oh, I Podcast-wise, I listen to, I think, probably Ed Milet is the main one I'd point to people right now. Mm-hmm. I listen to School of Greatness, and I'm big on what have people done that have become successful? What are their stories? Mm-hmm. He's just being a history teacher. I love the stories, and the stories are what's magical in all facets of life. Mm-hmm. So just to hear how people are successful in any field mm-hmm. always feeds me. I love stories where people have overcome hardships, obstacles, and they persevered and just become. Because everybody, when you when you see these people and you think, oh, they're, they're the overnight success story, or they, they had this advantage, that advantage, no, that overnight success story probably took 10 to 15 years of a lot of work that nobody saw. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So hearing those stories like that, podcasts like that, Mm-hmm. Books. I could give you a list for days. Um, mm-hmm. Probably one of the ones that were most impactful here recently. It's too bad the the gentleman passed away, but if you haven't read it, it takes what it takes by Trevor Moad. It takes what it takes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Great, great book. Um, in terms of just he was he'd actually started a company with um, Russell Wilson mm-hmm. now with the Denver Broncos. And just some definitely cutting edge stuff in terms of motivation, self discipline, and Obviously, the title of the book is very accurate, and mm-hmm. it takes what it takes. Yeah. You talked about Ed Milet's, uh podcast. I'm actually reading right now The Power of One More. That's that's yep. a great yep. book. Um, your favorite movie? Oh, gosh. Um, I'm telling you what, and people may call it and they think I'm crazy, but I'm going to go with something I saw recently at the beginning of the summer. I'm not sure. I'm not so sure Top Gun 2 isn't, isn't <laughs> one of them. <laughs> I'm right there with you. How, how rare is it that the, that a, a uh, the second movie is better than the first? But I think they they nailed that one. Yeah, yeah. My mom and dad don't watch a lot of movies, but they called me a couple weeks ago when they watched the second Top Gun, and they're like, "This is phenomenal." So I know if my mom and dad loved the second Top Gun, it was a phenomenal movie, and it was it it, it definitely uh, took the cake in so many different respects. Your favorite food? Well, it's one I'm trying to give up mm-hmm. in terms of the, the health piece, but definitely pizza. Pizza is right there at the top of the list with mm-hmm. ice cream. I'm trying to – I went a month last month without eating either one, and that was hard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I love them. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm like you, and I'm not as good as you are in these respects, but I like the toughness that you have to persevere through giving things up. And, uh, yeah, there's a, there's a lot to learn when you give things up that you really enjoy. Speaking of food, if I bring Jamie to Batesville, which I'm not sure why I would be bringing her to Batesville anytime soon, but uh, if we're the, in town to catch the Bulldogs play, where should we stop and eat before the game? Well, first place you probably have to go is over the hill to Oldenburg, a little village, a little German Catholic village. Yep. Just a few miles down the road. There's where you get your fried chicken. Okay. They've got two places down there in that little village, and both are good. Okay. If you come into Batesville, we've got you get all kinds of local pizza places. Ice's Family Pizza is probably the most notable in terms of downtown. That's really like a pizza. Mm-hmm. Historically, you would want to go to the Sherman. The Sherman. It, okay. Yep, it's named after uh, General Sherman, per okay. se. Okay, okay. And it, it's, it's the German food that, that people desire and like. Um, we've got a couple of small breweries in town, which are cool. Mm-hmm. We've got a new, a new ice cream place that's, that's really, really good, and obviously a place I can't frequent much right now. But uh, a lot of good places in terms of – and they're all cool stories, too, because they're not chains, mm-hmm. right? They're, yeah, 
they're they're small businesses and that's that's what makes it a lot of a lot of fun no and that makes it special small towns and again batesville's a 3a school but i consider batesville to be a small town and those small businesses and small towns are are what are the backbone of america and they're great restaurants like you talked about the breweries there uh those are things that can attract people uh to small communities um you talked about Oldenburg. I remember my grandfather talking about that. That was special to me uh, to be able to to come over and speak at your clinic. Uh, I had to get back quick after speaking because we had the big turkey trot that weekend, and I had to work and do some different things there with taking tickets and working in the beer garden. But I was able to stop for just a few minutes in New Point, Indiana, and then to find out that Coach Shannon began his uh, coaching career there uh, at North Decatur. (laughs) That just blew me away. So all these connections with the little town of New Point, and um, I talked to my mom about this. There's there's a a little diner there, and my mom told me that she – town diner. Yeah, she told me she could remember that used to be like a general store, and right across the street from the general store was where my – I guess it would be my great-grandparents uh, live. So, yeah, I, I, I just enjoyed that. I thought about that stuff on the drive home that day, um, being able to visit New Point, Indiana. Well, it, Coach. It's amazing the, the life when you just dig a layer too deep. It's amazing the connection. Oh, man. Oh, man. Well, Coach, again, uh, I, I can't thank you enough. This has been such great stuff, and I know there's going to be a lot of coaches that are going to reach out to me after they listen to this podcast and – hit on different things that you've talked about. Um, Coach, thank you for being on with us, and best of luck to you and the Bulldogs this year. Hey, I'll be following you. It's a it's an absolute honor to call you a friend. I'm tracking you from over here in southeastern Indiana. Keep doing what you're doing, and, sh- and keep sharing your story. Like I said, the culture clinic. Mm-hmm. Your story is incredible. It's inspiring. It's motivating. Keep doing what you're doing. Keep being a great teacher, and it's, it's been a pleasure. All right, Coach. Hey, Continue to be blessed, and, and again, thank you for being on the Checking It With the Cheap Seats or from the Cheap Seats my, podcast. My pleasure. All right, Coach. Well, thank you so much to Coach Garrett for being on this week's edition of Checking It From the Cheap Seats. Join us next week as we will be joined by Scott Moore, the head coach at Grace. He's going to talk to us about Sabari basketball players. He's going to talk to us about being a coach in one of NAIA's Best conferences in the country. Best conference. One of the best conferences in the country, period. Scott Moore, the head coach at Grace, next week. Until then, keep checking it from the cheap seats.